It's a snowy day on the East Coast, but thank God we have the warmth of a big board to fill us up. Yes, it is another 2024 best ball draft today, February 13th, 2024, 11th draft here on stream of the year so far. And of course, we are in this big board tournament with 200K to first place. So we have to find some good rookies, some players we like. Of course, trying to stack up as usual. We'll talk about football, talk about it all, talk about life, because again, uh, snowed in here on the East Coast. So I am getting a brief respite from our toddler, our near two-year-old running around the house, uh, hiding me in the closet, <laughs> doing, doing lots of fun things this morning that are not football related. So I'm excited to get some football in. Of course, clock already going here. And we started off with a man whose name is too long to fit here. So Slumdog Thousandaires in the one hole. But on the screen, you see Umdog Thousandah. So that is a, a flaw in the underdog process for sure in terms of the usernames. But he takes Christian McCaffrey at the 101. No surprises there. Chat see live here. Our guy Ross, of course, Robert Griffin, the turd, not an underdog state. So he is forced to draft on DraftKings and cannot draft with me on stream, which is unfortunate. Mav wants to fire it up. Glad to see that. Bindles is here. Bindles, I saw at a stream this morning as well. The Morning Alpha, is that what the name is? Is that the branding for Bindles? But check out his streams. If you're looking for some more uh, morning content in the world of best ball. And of course, the draft here going off and nothing too unexpected so far. Guess a little bit of a drop for Justin Jefferson to be the one thing you can point to. Maybe a little bit of an outlier here, but for the most part, two, three, four, five going to be C.D. Lamb, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill and and then Justin Jefferson in some order. And today it looks like we'll be getting him. Well, we'll see what E. Garcia does, but imagine he'll be going five, if not six. So man knows ball. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate Jeff being here. Appreciate all the regulars being here in chat. Of course, new people, if you are watching live for the first time, feel free to jump in and join the fray here. The kindest chat in the world. I think you will find here on Splash Play. Uh, but that's, that's the goal. Build the community here every day and you coming along for the ride. We appreciate you being here for it. Brees Hall, second running back off the board. Bijan, we are now in a running back crush. As you can see here, of course, if you're not familiar with the big board ADPs here, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Kyron Williams going down, which I'm surprised. I think that's one of my biggest surprises of the best ball draft so far. Is yesterday, we got Kyron around the second uh, second round after taking Puka, uh, Puka in the first round. Surprised to see that be the case. But also, just in general, seeing Kyron come down overall, I, I feel like he's one of those players where, yeah, I do think there's a shot. They bring the pass game back. I think there's a shot. Maybe they should bring the second running back so you don't have to give Kyron 25 to 30 touches a game. But what if they do? Like, what if they do that again? I think that's the part of it um, that I'm a little bit confused by the fall. But uh, Kuru Kier takes, Williams, uh, takes Kyron Williams, so we will not be getting him. I think today's a wide receiver day. The tough part is I just do not like the wide receivers on the wrap. Um, AJ Brown, I'm okay with, but I guess we're going to make the hope here that AJ Brown can take a leap in a Kellen Moore offense. Kellen Moore coming over to Philadelphia. We'll take AJ Brown. I'm really taking AJ Brown mostly because I find these builds where I'm not hammering wide receiver pretty hard and heavy early on. Really don't like how we're landing a wide receiver late. Uh, OMG takes Marvin Harrison, who I would have not minded taking as well. Uh, but Nico Collins is here. Jameer Gibbs falling a little bit, not enough to justify it at this point. Um, I think it's Nico for me here. So perhaps we'll get our first CJ Stroud share. But the team so far, AJ Brown and Nico Collins. Uh, Nico, I guess the reason I'm a little bit reluctant to take him, I think that he's one of those guys that we talk about a lot here on these streams. Uh, current ADP pricing, you know, even some of the tournaments that we talked about the playoff best ball, people are just really cashing in a lot and things that happened last season. People are really over-enthusiastic for players. They didn't get a lot of shares of the Nico Collins is the world, the Kyrens of the world, the Pukas of the world. As a result, I think some of these guys right now are just a little bit artificially inflated. 
Uh, so for Nico, the reason that I think he's artificially inflated, he was great last year, but also had that hot run down the stretch with Tank Dell being hurt. Also, pretty good likelihood that uh, the Texans bring in somebody at wide receiver who makes Nico less of that that fulcrum there who's going to get all the targets outside. So I think those are the reasons why Nico, to me, at pick 14, not my favorite pick in the world. But as we always say here, if you're going to take guys, if you want exposure to guys, you got to take them at the market ADP or just wait it out in hopes that you can time it right and better. Uh, but I think for this particular tournament, Nico, I don't foresee falling until he gets to a best ball mania, until he gets to one of those other tournaments of the summer. Because uh, that's when you see the roster moves go on and Nico maybe gets a little bit less valuable. Uh, Spags, how do you hate or do you hate being at the back end of the board? I feel like it's a lot harder to achieve that beautiful zero RB start. You're definitely downgrading in quality. I mean, the tough part is the same thing that I think we talked about where uh, we saw it come in play, you know, with the course of this basketball season in 2023 was that I feel like wide receiver ADPs last year, like people played it the wrong way where they weren't taking wide receivers early because the running backs in the range were so appealing to them. So cozy this year, it's like a magnified version of that, where if you're not getting a bunch of wide receivers in those first five rounds, you're just getting wide receivers a little bit less than, and there are some guys you could take later on uh, that I think are vets who have some value. The Mike Williams of the world that we talked about, the Tyler Lockett of the world, the older guys who don't have a free agent outcome yet necessarily. Uh, those are guys that maybe are a little bit undervalued as a result, but like you really are for the most part, not getting stud talent. If you try to push wide receiver down, you're trying to draft guys in the forties, the fifties, the sixties, and have that be your second, third wide receiver. The teams look a lot worse. So I would agree that I don't enjoy drafting in the back half, but I think you still have to take wide receiver there because even though the wide receivers are worse, you're then left with like, I don't know he, who even would be a wide receiver one if you started your run in the third round. Like it just looks so much worse to me. But yes, the top five pick area I think would be the best. Warmed up to AJ Brown, seemed to hate his offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore is gunning for a head coaching job. Look, I think there's a shot that it is a market improvement for AJ Brown. We have seen Kellen Moore be able to feed and provide big value for star receivers in the past where uh, Keenan Allen last year, obviously a great example of that, um, had the monster year to start and then didn't play down the home stretch because the games didn't matter. And clearly he played in the Pro Bowl though. So Keenan Allen, <laughs> kind of a douche move by Keenan Allen if we're being honest. Um, but besides that, like, yeah, and Dallas too, CeeDee Lamb, part of the reason he started to get fed well, started to actually take that leap upwards was because of Kellen Moore being the offensive coordinator. So I agree that AJ Brown's in a good spot. You know, I think fundamentally with him, I just worry about the mercurial nature a little bit. I feel like these receivers that are you know, really tightly wound, really aggressive about yelling at people in the locker room, complaining to the media, kind of feel like the red carpet for them does run out at a certain point. So that's my main concern for AJ Brown, but it's not a data point. He still was good last year. Just he wasn't as good in the back half of the year, I think is the main thing. But I feel like AJ Brown's one of those guys too, where we talk about the recency bias the last year. AJ Brown is not like discounted at all for having a shitty back half of the year. Like he's still priced where he would have been. I think if he went off, maybe if he were like as good as he was in the first half of the year, the entire year, maybe he goes in this Amon Ross St. Brown range goes to the middle of the round, but you're still not getting that big of a discount for AJ Brown right now with how bad he was. So I think that's the pain point. I feel with AJ Brown is like, I think there's some concerns with just the, the Eagle situation overall. And then also for AJ Brown, it's like you're paying for a ceiling here when he was dog shit. Uh, but what are we going to do? Big dogs only on the spag squad. Yeah, that's true. Let's go for all large men today is the goal. My real goal is to get my, of course, my four rookies that I like the most uh, relative to ADPs. Jaden Daniels, Audrey Gastame, Brock Bowers, tight end. So that is quickly the value of Brock Bowers getting steamed out pretty fast. And a wide receiver, Troy Franklin. Those are my four that I would like to get. Um, in one draft at some point, definitely the goal today. I put it in the in the headline so of uh, the YouTube video. So I would really hope that today's the day that I can get my four rookies. Uh, but you know, we'll see what happens. D Martyr here going to three running backs. Uh, Brees Hall, Devon Achan, Travis Etienne. Certainly not a bad start. 
would really, though, he's going to have to dig out a wide receiver. So I think he is somebody to watch here. If you're somebody that feels like, hey, maybe I could find a way to skate around some of these wide receivers I'm not comfortable with. If I want to avoid a Rasheed Rice, if I want to avoid a DJ Moore for whatever reason, um, follow his team here and see what he does because he needs to dial off and go wide receiver heavy uh, pretty much immediately. So we have Jalen Hurts here, which would make sense. Have Devontae Smith as well. I guess let's just get Eagles. I, I don't, I feel like this is a kind of me doing a chalky thing here where I imagine people that get AJ Brown in that 11 pick are very likely to just go, yeah, I'll take Jalen Hurts and oh, Devontae Smith's here, I'll take them. So I think this is a chalky build, but I, one thing that reminded me last year that was important to me last year uh, was seeing how basically there were some stacks early on. And this one, in hindsight, didn't add a lot of value. But uh, the Tyree Kill Jalen Waddle stack last year was one that felt too chalky, too easy to land on. The ADPs lined up perfectly. And then at a certain point in Best Ball Mania in particular, that stack was gone. So it was there in the big board. It was there in the beginning of Best Ball Mania. And then that stack, you couldn't get the Dolphins double stack at that point forward. Now, again, it didn't pay off, but I still think the EV of that stack was pretty valuable. So I would say to me, like, that's something I'm trying to be mindful of this year that, yeah, this lines up really easily to get AJ Brown, to get Jalen Hurts, to get Devontae Smith, but it doesn't mean it's a bad play and I shouldn't overlook the chalky thing. Shouldn't overlook the, the gift horse of chalkiness. The Demario Douglas, Wandale Robinson, Marvin Mim range I've been hammering. Ugh. I mean, Wandale's okay. Demario Douglas is not likely to maintain that role coming into year two. Um, I guess it's, you know, you can make the bet that he's making a leap in year two as a rookie, but they're going to bring in more bodies and Demario Douglas is not like a high pedigree guy. So um, I don't, I wouldn't lead him off as the reason why you're taking that range, but Wandale and Mims, I think are fine enough plays. I just think that Denver offense is going to be so fucking dink and dunk again. And I, I don't love that part of it. Let's see. Rams are also too easy to double so far. That is true. You definitely get that one pretty nicely. Uh, let's not just say AJ Brown. All the Eagles are bad second half of the year. I mean, Devontae looked a little bit better, but that was because they were taking targets away from AJ Brown. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles fell apart. Like it's, there's nothing you could say about that. Um, but I just worry about the reasons where AJ Brown was fed really well in the first half of the year because he yelled at Jalen Hurts on the sideline, then also complained um, in, you know, in the locker room multiple times. Uh, so that was the thing that got him volume. So like, if you have to be that mercurial to get the volume, I don't know. I think they're a better team when they feed Devontae Smith more. And if we assume Dallas Goddard's not washed, and I don't think he is, I just think the usage is really shitty for him this year. Um, I think that's the kind of thing where if they're the best team they are for themselves, like AJ Brown's probably not getting 15 targets a game. Um, but, you know, again, it's all relative and we still have to take wide receivers is the main thing. Uh, damn little late. We get we get today to start. Okay, that's uh, nickel, of course, the regular here. So I'm not sure what that means, but I will take it as a positive comment all the same. And guys, if you're watching live, Wrath of Fact, please do smash that like button. And I'll tell you guys an anecdote why. First of all, you guys know at this point, if you watch Splash Play, part of the reason YouTube channels succeed or don't is because the likes then allow other people to get see the video. So basically, like people like you get showed the video more if you hit the like button. But also right now is something that um, one of my least favorite things as a content creator, and it harkens back to my Barstool days, there is currently somebody who's obsessed with Splash Play. And because I spent so much time in the back and I'm working on Splash Play things, of course, when the sh uh, stream ends, also working on probably stuff. Um, we now have one person who goes on every video and downvotes the video from four different accounts. And I can tell because normally, A, we don't get that many dislikes on the channel, but B, they happen at the same time. So I see one, it's like one dislike, then two dislikes, then three dislikes, then four dislikes within a span of one minute. So do we have a mentally ill person who's obsessed with the channel? So really your likes now more than ever to drown that person out because they've been doing it for now a week and a half. And uh, I hate these things. Like there was a guy when I was at Barstool um, who used to make different Twitter handles to harass me and he would have 
Uh, I remember the name because like he had like legit created upwards of 20 different Twitter handles. The name was Mutt Mutt and he would post every day harassing me with a Pink Panther avatar and would keep doing it. And that's the thing that to me, like I love doing these streams with you guys. I love all the regular people out there, the dads, the people who are just having a good time gambling, whatever, being degenerates and all that drafting teams in February. I enjoy that part a lot. The people who get really fucked up over this stuff and who like are way too obsessed with things I don't enjoy. So help me drown that person out and hit the like button because it makes me uncomfortable. It's really the main thing. All right, let's keep it going though. That's my my soapboxing slash like, I hope that people find health and happiness. Uh, Terry McLaurin, is it going to improve with Cliff Kingsbury? Probably not. JSN could improve as well. Tyler Lockett, perhaps a guy that can move. Uh, we could take a running back at this point, but Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, I don't think that's it. I am going to go McLaurin here. Really, I don't get how there isn't a single value on the board. I feel like McLaurin taking him one pick of ADP. I uh, would like to take him at a discount at this point for Terry McLaurin, but uh, it is what it is. We'll take McLaurin here and add him to our roster, and then we'll hope that Washington plays Philadelphia in Week 17. I think that's a reasonable approach to have. OMG picking guys here. Takes Tyje Spears over Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry... Uh, very decent shot that he gets a pretty good outcome in free agency. Obviously, he's old, though, so you do run that risk as well. Alvin Kamara just added Clint Kubiak as the Saints offensive coordinator. Could be a thing that does benefit uh, Kamara if he's back on the Saints, but definitely some risk that he's not. Uh, JSN, still okay as a wide receiver, five. Kamara, not that big of a discount. I'm going JSN here. Five wide receivers so far, along with Jalen Hurts at QB, and then a wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaurin, JSN, this feels like a team that I would have drafted last year, but with different draft capital for Nico Collins. But I don't hate it. Uh, don't know this is the best wide receiver run, but you just got to get wide receivers in early. Otherwise, you have dog shit at the position. Let's see. Uh, smash the like, smash the wife, block the So you can block people from commenting. You can't block people from viewing your channel. So trust me, if I, if I could, I would, but I can't. Um, like the scary Terry pick, a sense of potential Jaden Daniel stack. I really don't want Jane Daniels to go to, to Washington at this point. I think that now they have Cliff Kingsbury in there. I have a lot less faith in that offense being good. The hope would be that uh, that Dan Quinn, from what he learned at Dallas, where you know Mike McCarthy was as much of like a boomer, established the run kind of coach as possible. And then he's adapted to now be a coach. And even starting the year, like he wanted to run the ball. And they realized like we're so much worse than last year. Let's go back to passing it. So the hope would be that Dan Quinn does impart that to Cliff Kingsbury and says like, hey, you know, we need to really be aggressively pass rate over expectation. But I was always like really not impressed with Cliff Kingsbury when he was calling the plays in Arizona. And granted, uh, this is the defense of Arthur Smith. I think the same defense for Cliff Kingsbury. Some guys aren't equipped to be a head coach. Like some guys are just a play caller, are just a coordinator. And the hope is that for an Arthur Smith, for Kingsbury, that they're just better focusing on that one part of things. But I watched Kingsbury be a part of that offense for USC this year. And that was a, that was really a frustrating experience too. So I don't think he's improved. I don't think he's better. Um, I think that's where I have some concerns for Terry. But at ADP, because we have to get wide receivers in early, that's the reason I'm willing to take him. Uh, you betting on high scoring NFC East. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, we don't know anything at this point, like any concentrated bet you make, like uh, if you made a bet this year, you know, starting in, especially in February, but certainly in the summer, you would have probably bet against Cleveland and Cleveland. What happened? Amari Cooper puts up the biggest game you needed in the playoffs. I'm um, obviously doesn't end up playing and ha ends up having a negative effect on some teams in the finals, but like nobody, like, I think even early on in the season, people were still like jets, Cleveland, what a dog shit game. I don't want that in week 17. Um, so I think that's something too, where, you know, you don't want to like write teams off early. I don't want to write off, especially an entire division and say, oh, the NFC East is going to be a slog, especially too. like 
All the defenses are getting worse. Like the Eagles were worse last year. They have some young guys who can improve and maybe make it better. But the Cowboys are getting worse, I think, with whatever they change. Um, in terms of Dan Quinn, I guess, hiring Mike Zimmer, the hope is that they can prop him up as a former head coach as well. But I I, I don't think he was that great. Um, you know, At least, again, as a head coach running a defense. So we'll see. But I think it's very possible the East just ends up with a lot of weak defensive teams. Like the Giants sucked last year. Commanders were one of the worst defenses in football. How does that improve that much? It probably will improve a little bit because of Dan Quinn. But um, any any division could be a shootout division is the main thing. Who's the team that I wish Daniels would get drafted to? It would have been Washington before they hired Kingsbury. Uh, for now, I think it would be Atlanta trading up and getting Jane Daniels. I think that's the most fun outcome is him uh, going to a young team, having some real alpha target earners who he can make better, um, I think would be the thing. And he would hurt Bijan a little bit in terms of the RPO stuff where probably make Bijan more efficient on those plays, but would definitely take some touchdown equity away. Uh, but he'd be great for Drake London and for Kyle Pitts, assuming that Kyle Pitts is still going to be there um, after Raheem Morris did not name him amongst uh, some of the core pieces there on Atlanta. But I think Jane Daniels to Atlanta would be the most fun. Besides that, um, it's, I mean, in terms of teams that have an open QB, I think it's that if it's new England, you would hope that Alex Van Pelt is going to let the Joe Flacco kind of play be the thing. A lot of dropbacks, a lot of deep passing, uh, but I don't think that'll be the case for new England this year. Uh, all right. So we do have a shot to get one of my preferred rookies here. And I guess this would put us on the pathway to get all of them. I'm taking Brock Bowers, uh, five picks after ADP here. Brock Bowers, a guy that Great at Georgia, as we've talked about in the past, uh, but also a guy that expected to be a PPR monster, expected to be a high-value red zone target as well. Best tight end uh, prospect who's come out in football in a while. And I know, like, the memes, uh, like, Brock Bowers might come down a little bit in ADP because of the fact that he he kind of looks like a, an IT support guy, looks like an account, looks like a whatever. Doesn't look like Gronk, but, like, he, I don't care. Like, he's, when he's on the field, he looks like the best player in football. Um, so that's where I am with Brock Bowers. Uh, all right, other players we can get here. Would be nice to grab a running back at this point. These running backs that are here are not the sexiest in the world. Brian Robinson coming in. Do you think that Washington will run a lot? And he does correlate a little bit with Terry McLaurin. All right, we're going to go Brian Robinson here. I think that James Conner is the better pick at ADP, but some question marks. Is he for sure going to be back in Arizona? Um, I think if he's back in Arizona, he's a very solid play, but... I'm not the most confident in that one because I think if he went somewhere else, he, he's more valuable to Arizona than he would be in free agency. So uh, for James Conner, I think that is a player to be mindful of right now, um, but I'm happy to take him. I just think for this build where we have McLaurin, let's get a Washington stack without the Washington QB is going to be the hope. Pretty at ADP 78 feels not great. feels like a ceiling outcome. We'll see. Uh, I mean, he's they're going to have him cheap for one more year, but there's a shot they could try to extend him now. Uh, they're definitely, they're going to have to make a decision on Brock, I think fairly soon, if not, you know, this off season, uh, pretty shortly thereafter. So I don't think it's a bad pick really. Um, you know, the tough part is for the Niners, like you're paying really premium price tags. And I do think that like Debo to me, I don't know. I don't think he should be going top two, like top two rounds. That, that's always been the case for me. And Brandon, I, some things as well His brother posted a social media about, uh, bitching about his Niners role only getting three cash in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think wants him to go to the Raiders, I think was what he had said on social media, but, uh, said basically that like, you know, the thing that maybe the Diggs brothers had where one of the brothers talks and then the speaking for the other brother kind of, but not fully. Uh, so we'll see if maybe a or Ayuk doesn't come back, I guess would be a thing. Um, but I imagine they'll, you know, they would want to extend him, but we'll see. Definitely could force his way out of town because this is the year where they have to either extend him or look at other options. But obviously they could lock him down. They could franchise sack him. They do a lot of different things in the future. Yeah, last year under contract, 14 million. The only 26 is Ayuk. 
What do we got going here? We got Kyler going to Bonner, Brian. E. Garcia gets James Conner. Nothing too fun here. I feel like this part of the draft, to me, like it feels like there's a lot of value at running back, but not the most fun part. You're either reaching for a QB that you're like, eh, all right, Jordan Love. Like I like Jordan Love a lot, but I do think his price tag, I'm just not there yet mentally. Uh, Justin Herbert, him falling the wrong way in this offense for the Chargers. Definitely a lot of concerns about the pass rate over expectation being there for him potentially. I'm in the Jim Harbaugh offense with Greg Roman as offensive coordinator. Uh, so this range to me, not one of my favorite ranges to be drafting in. All right, looking good so far. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. I don't know how good I feel about Brian Robinson as running back one, but we're going to have to get, you know, we're going to have to get some light, uh, some, some running backs in there for sure. I think there's probably a seven running back build if we can get it in a 20 round draft. Like the stream, Donovan's right. Like the stream, guys. Help me fight off the, the people who are fucking weirdly obsessed with me. <laughs> Please. I don't want it. I don't want I just want to I don't want to stream in anonymity. Like I'm very happy that to have people watching live here, to have you guys watching after the fact, to hear the comments, to have people want the podcast feed going again. Like th those things make me happy. But ultimately, like I'd rather just have a nice small community of people who are nice and sane <laughs> than, than the weird outliers that make me uncomfortable. I think people should all. If you don't like something, I don't know. Just watch something else. That's what I do. And then go find joy. Go find drugs. <laughs> have a child. Then you won't have enough time to dislike streams. B-Rob was an RB1 last year and Gibson might go. So it's not really about Robinson himself. It's about new coaching staffs. I mean, it's completely fluid at running back. Like anything can happen there. They could fall in love with Brian Robinson and give him 25 touches a game. They could decide that they want to go Chris Rodriguez's way. They could bring in Bucky Irving, think that he's going to be a fantastic you know, sweep runner for them. Like there's a lot of things they could do. So that's really the point with Brian Robinson. It's not about what he did last year. I agree that he was good. It's about what's he going to mean to the new coaching staff. So uh, one of the biggest advantages you have in best balls, knowing A, who's a free agent, and then B, also like what a coaching change is at offensive coordinator and head coach and how that could affect the running back room. So um, these backfields, these these fluid backfields are definitely ones where, you know, don't have the confidence that Brian Robinson gets the same role next year is the main thing. But we will see. Jealous of that beautiful face. That's true. That must be it. They could see me in my beautiful ring light here, pristine skin, and they know. <laughs> They know they can only aspire to do that. The only way to make you feel better is hit that dislike button. In your own way, more trigger than Taylor Swift. Relative to unit economics, I guess. They want to see the amount of men who are mad at Taylor Swift being on camera. I don't get it, man. <laughs> like a, and not in, even like a, she's a beautiful lady. We should see more hot ladies on screen. Let's have her do some Miller-like catfight videos. Not even like that. It's like they cut to her. They cut to her a little bit too much, but it's like five seconds of cutaways. Like I, I agree that in the Super Bowl it was annoying. Where it's like it's not even a Travis Kelsey play; they're just showing her rooting for General Chiefs things or reacting. Uh, but a little bit threadbare there, but who cares? Like I think it's cool for the dads out there. Uh, There's one commercial for Cetaphil, I think it was like the face wash, where it's like the dad and his little girl, and he always wanted a little girl to watch Niners games with them. She's not watching. Then all of a sudden she's watching us a Taylor Swift, and he buys her like a 13 jersey. Uh, I guess buys her a Brock Purdy jersey. Um, so like, you know, that's a cute one for, so for the dads out there, if it helped get your daughter into football, then cool. I think that's, I think that's fun. All right. Some logical moves here, but if we are going to get all of our guys, we need Jaden Daniels in one of these spots. And frankly, I don't want OMG to have him. So Jaden Daniels, let's go up and get him. Nobody else here. I'm dying for anyway. So who gives a shit? Dallas Goddard. I really don't need a tight end too. At this point, I'm thinking we're in chase Brown territory. 
Chase Brown, big shot here that if Joe Mixon gets cut, you're probably going to see Chase Brown go in the 60s for a while until they bring in a free agent guy or a replacement. And Brown, for what it's worth, I thought looked like Austin Eckler visually last year. I don't know that the results, I mean, the results were there, actually. He was pretty good in terms of a lot of the advanced metrics uh, because he broke so many big plays. Uh, but don't know that he could be a volume back was kind of an ass volume back at Illinois um, in terms of getting like 30 touches a game, which just wasn't efficient at that point. So maybe he's never going to be, you know, that Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams, you know, full bell cow role. But I think for Chase Brown, explosive player guy could play in the past game as well. I think he ends up with a role for Cincinnati, no matter what next year. Uh, but if Nixon doesn't come back if they cut him and then also they don't add something meaningful at running back, this is Chase Brown's backfield and he probably comes up 50 picks. Uh, so that's where Chase Brown to me looks pretty good. With you on that, buy Chase Brown now. Yo, Michael, Michael Sarah and his cream. Yeah, did a good job. Did a good job. Young, supple Brock Bowers. Look, I don't want to jinx myself. I feel like it's talking about a pitcher having a perfect game. Uh, but right now, we are technically live. No, you know what? Fucking Troy Franklin's going at 97 now. So we're still not going to get my four wide receivers or my four rookies of, of the apocalypse, I guess is the best way to put that. Um, I would have had to take Troy Franklin. I've had to take Troy Franklin at 86, which is lofty. I think Franklin is now appropriately priced as well. Uh, Franklin at 130 was a steal. Franklin at 110, <clears throat> still a discount, I think, for a guy who's going to be probably the best outside speedster in the class, and that includes Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is going to be a better outside receiver. Franklin's going to be faster and more of a burner down the sidelines. Uh, but Franklin now at 97, I think he's better than Odunze, um, unless Odunze is going to be a freak athlete. But I think his price tag is now pretty much appropriate. And that's the biggest downer, the biggest change, I think, from last year. I got in the big board, like my discounts held for the most part for the entire run of it. Now in this current run of the big board in the 2024 version, your value players, like your guys who are buzzy rookies who are fun on the way up, they're gone. Like they're just gone much earlier. Their ADPs have moved a lot faster. Um, so that's something that I think has been uh, tough to, to pin down for sure. I don't think Troy Franklin should go ahead of Jaden Daniels. Fundamentally is how I feel about that. Um, which I guess means that I, I need Jaden Daniels to come up if I'm going to try to make that correct. Because I don't think Franklin comes back down. <clears throat> all rookies were a steal at opening EDP. You couldn't miss. Yeah, last year, that was definitely the case where the rookie tight ends were all for free, as we've talked about enough times on here. Rookie QBs, AR started in the 230s and then didn't adjust for the first week of drafting, basically. Um, then finally got to like the 120s and that was still a little bit low. Uh, it's really been surprising this year especially knowing what I know too of like people just really hate risk and all of that. And the rookies are still risky. Like, especially if you're a person that's not doing research. Um, so I'm a little bit surprised to see them all getting steamed up this much this early, but it is what it is. PFF has Daniels to the Pats for what it's worth. <sighs> I really look, I, the, the Pats can be anything next year. I think they, they're again, a team that I've talked about, like don't love Ramondre Stevenson as a player. Definitely didn't love him last year. Barely took him in any drafts. This year, though, you know, you're buying in on that that ambiguous backfield. Is he going to maybe come back and be a bell cow back? Do they bring in somebody else? Do they bring back Zeke? Do they fall in love with Zeke? I don't know. Um, but there's a shot that he could be a back that matters. But the New England offense, I kind of think no matter what, I imagine still going to be run heavier than not. Um, the Van Pelt stuff, him coming over from Cleveland, I think is a positive because Cleveland was a run heavy team that sort of, when they had trust in the QB, were willing to get a little bit less run heavy, even though the run game was certainly still a big part of what Cleveland's attack was. So I think if you're bringing that over to New England, it's a positive thing. For Jane Daniels, though, you want him in the most wide open offense possible. You want him in an offense where he's going to get the ball downfield. He's going to be able to get some quick reads, but he's going to be throwing a lot of fades is really the goal. Like he really dominated downfield on guys breaking outside on routes. Um, so I'm hoping for Jaden Daniels that he lands in a spot that plays into that. Um, and I don't want to hold my New England priors forever, but 
but it is like a lot of holdovers from previous New England. Like Gerard Mayo has learned at the Belichick tree. I don't think he's going to be Belichick, <clears throat> excuse me, but I would say that there's still some risk that like he has some, some Belichicky tendencies in him and maybe, you know, skews more towards the run. That would not be great for Jane Daniels. I don't want Jane Daniels running six times a game and throwing under 20 or like, that's just not how he's going to be the best fantasy play. Even if he could be really efficient with that. Like I want him somewhere. He's dropping back 50 times a game. Ideally. Which do you prefer Stevenson Eckler or Pollard? Tough call. I think Eckler probably gets the best landing spot. Um, and Eckler, too, is a guy that I worry about going to Cincinnati. I feel like they got a taste of the Eckler kind of lifestyle with uh, what Chase Brown did for him last year. Kind of think that could be a spot he goes to, but I think it'd be Eckler for me. I think he'll get the best free agent landing spot if I had to guess. All right, 2251. We need some running backs. Need guys who are also going to play at this point. Brian Robinson, Chase Brown. I think Jerome Ford's still undervalued. Pretty decent shot that Nick Chubb is a cap casualty. I'd prefer to not see that be the case and think there's still an outcome that he does uh, renegotiate that deal to something more reasonable for a guy coming off an ACL tear at his age. Uh, but if he doesn't come back, Jerome Ford is probably to be the bell cow back to some extent, uh, at least as much as he was last year. And Jerome Ford is a guy that I really liked a lot. Uh, playoff best ball in particular, but and I had him a good amount throughout the entire draft process last year. All right. We got a two, three, five, one. So really don't need QB at this point. Do need running backs. Trey Benson, as I've mentioned before, do you think a little bit overrated? Khalil Herbert, I prefer Roshan, but Khalil Herbert currently slated to come back to Chicago. Chicago, do think as well, will be a team that has uh, the ability to run more effectively this year, uh, assuming that it is a Caleb Williams changeover at QB. So Khalil Herbert, Jerome Ford, going on a run of running backs right now. <clears throat> and also, we got a member here. So you guys know what that means whenever we have a new member live on stream. Uh, Thomas, Tommy, welcome to the family. Tommy Schultz, one of the greatest names I've had come across my eyes for a while. Two toe Tommy's <laughs> it's your mafia nickname because you only, you only have two toes. I don't know, Tom, but appreciate you joining the family here. Wealth for splash play wealth for you. That's how it goes here. Oh, health and wealth to Thomas, but welcome to the family. I don't know if that's one of my better welcome to the families, but sorry, Thomas. <laughs> Appreciate you joining the family here. And of course, you too could support the show and help me keep putting on Splash Play every day by hitting that join button down below for $4.99 a month. VIP perks as well, custom emojis, that badge next to your name. Uh, team reviews, up to 10 team reviews a month for me. So if you're drafting teams, you want me to give you feedback. That's another thing you get for yourself if you hit that join button down below. And more to come as well. Can do some premium streams coming up in the next few months. Let's go. The Gabagool indeed. The Gabagool indeed. If you had to guess where Jonathan Brooks would be on the field, what week would it be? Week one, no fucking chance week one. <laughs> Like that's, that's the issue with Jonathan Brooks. He's the best running back in the class. He's probably not playing until November, um, maybe October slash November, but like, then he's going to be behind the eight ball. And there's a lesson I learned the tough way for Kendrick Miller. I think Kendrick Miller was the best running back in New Orleans last year. Um, I think that he was a player that couldn't dig out of the fact that, uh, he was hurt when Kamara was first suspended. He was hurt when Jamal Williams was hurt. Then he got hurt later on in the year and he just couldn't earn that role fully because of the fact that he wasn't there in the preseason. He wasn't there in training camp being full go. He then wasn't healthy week one. It's really hard to win a role unless it's just a dead depth chart. And uh, that's the case for what's the case for Kendrick Miller last year. And I think would be the case again, you know, for a guy like Jonathan Brooks this year. There we go. Got Thomas. Love, love seeing all these badges in here. Brings me joy. Yeah, I, th I think I think Jeff's really aggressive about this one. I wouldn't I would not assume that you can't assume the best case scenario, assuming the best case scenario for a guy. Um, and Brooks, I think, is on the older side. 
Uh, hold on. He's not like he's under 25, so it doesn't matter that much. Now, Brooks is 20, so he should have a full recovery, but I just wouldn't assume a guy is going to recover in eight months. Like, I think that's still, it's like the most aggressive outcome for guys with a lot of money too. And granted, like he'll be in the NFL system, but like, you know, like Chris Godwin can come back from that and he's still going to have decreased efficacy for a while. Um, I still think it's going to be really hard for Brooks to win a role and I'm happy to take Brooks if he's going to come down. Like, I don't think at 133 though, not my pick. I think this, this range to me is kind of a trap, honestly. Like Brooks and Corum, I think are both trappy for different reasons. Brooks trappy because of the injuries, uh, Corum trappy because he's possibly under 200 pounds with a really low avoided tackle rate. And there's a chance that if he's not drafted by somebody who just falls in love with him, and I think he's not going to be a combine beast. Um, there is a shot for Blake Corum that he ends up Deuce Vaughn. And I think he is now a very expensive Deuce Vaughn to be having. I uh, will not get my rookie running backs that I like the most. Audrick Estime, Bucky Irving go. Those are guys that I like a lot more than Trey Benson. Uh, so those guys go here 150, 153 respectively. So unfortunately, will not be a part of my roster here. But somebody will be. Ugh. Not my favorite spot on the board. Wandale wide receiver wouldn't be a bad pick. Would like to get one more running back in though. And I think Braylon Allen still has some decent outcomes. Not sure that he's a better pick than Zach Moss. Hmm. Don't mind Quentin Johnston buying the dip here. The Josh Palmer is going to be back. Uh, I'm going to take Braylon Allen here. Didn't get the rookies that I like. Um, they do compare Josh. Uh, they both don't avoid tackles at all. So yeah, I, I would say that's like the fact you're LMFAOing means that you're not, you actually don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like no, and I think Josh is a regular here, but like um, you shouldn't be LMFAOing. Like it's, uh, that's draft, draft late quorum higher, Josh. See how it goes. Um, all right. Two, five, five, one here. Quentin Johnson's still on the board. Keaton Mitchell coming off an ACL injury as well. Still on the board. Um, I'm going to go Quentin Johnson here. I think he's a fine wide receiver six at this point. Again, you're just buying the dip here in the hopes that the draft capital goes. But we are now actually in a real issue for Quentin Johnson where if he does not immediately win over Jim Harbaugh, and there's a shot that he can because he did go off against Michigan in college, um, shot that he does like impress Harbaugh and, just, and Harbaugh carries that with him. That's been a thing in the past too where uh, there's some stats that came out recently or somebody on social media posted uh, data saying that guys in free agency who like torched their previous, uh, the team that they're going to, like they end up getting higher capital in terms of the contracts as well because of the fact that like the coach saw him and they were really good. Um, but for Quentin Johnston, like I think the issue is that now he doesn't have the guy who drafted him in, in there. He doesn't have the coach who wanted him in theoretically. So he's got to be good or he's going to be gone um, is really the thing. Um, anyway, so Deuce Vaughn had an avoid attack rate. Uh, you know what? Like Josh is so arrogant with his fucking shit. That I'm going to have to completely show he's an idiot. Um, so they don't miss tackles is the main thing. So Blake Corum, his measurements, his clocked measurements, which are reported in the handbook, which is not the actual measurements he's going to get the combine, 58213. So there's a good shot that he's like 5'7 and 195 for Blake Corum. Blake Corum, the biggest issue with him is he has a 10% avoided tackle rate, which is the lowest out of everybody in the class besides Austin Jones. If you are small and you can't avoid tackles, you get punished over and over and over again. Because of the fact that Blake Corum got a lot of goal line touches and you saw him score touchdowns, doesn't mean he's going to be a good NFL running back, Josh. It just means that he's a guy that's small and can't avoid tackles. When you're small and can't avoid tackles in the pros, you end up not getting playing time. You end up getting benched like Deuce Vaughn did. So yeah, they're actually very similar plays so don't fucking come at me with your lmfao bullshit josh fucking do some research man fucking come in here because you watched a few michigan games and try to talk to me like you know like at least fucking look something up 
That's all I would say. Fucking coming here arrogantly like that. Yes, that is. Yes, that's it, Josh. That's what it fucking is. If you can't avoid tackles and you're small, you can't get fucking play against 6'4", 250-pound guys. You fucking R-word. Jesus. All right, Josh. Hey, guys, remember this chat from Josh. Last one for a while. Go hit the other guy hitting dislikes, Josh. That's it. That's a full-time ban. I don't need it, man. Like, if you're not, if you're gonna come in here, like, at least fucking know what you're talking about. I don't have patience for idiots. Like, if you guys have questions about shit, if you have takes, more power to you. Uh, but like, honestly, don't fucking come in here and act like you know anything because you don't. You don't, Josh. Like, you're honestly one of the dumbest guys in the world. I think it's the, the Dunning Kruger effect, guys. You ever want to look that up? Um, people who are the most confident and the most like, and also like, you know, for me, I'm confident too because I show my work, I do it here every day. But like, don't fucking talk down to me. You're the one watching me. Like, you got to fucking remember that, dude. Anyway, he's never going to be here again, so I hope he dies. Uh, shut up, Bindles, <laughs> the Slash Play membership. Appreciate Bindles being here. Look, I appreciate the people who want to be here and are going to add value, but, like, if you're going to come in with dumb shit takes that, like, you like clearly you haven't done the work for a while now, like, then don't, don't fucking do that, man. Don't waste my time. Don't miss, like, don't, just don't do it. I don't need it. Again, I'd rather have a channel with fucking 3,000 people on it who actually want to get better about the stuff and be smart about it than a fucking bunch of like guys who are just going to yell about shit and be wrong. I just, I, it's not for me. Go do it another fucking channel, dude. And here's the thing like, uh, again, that's the kind of guy that will come back and make four different accounts. I dislike the video. I like, I just can't. I can't be nice to everybody, man. When you do like this amount of work, and I would say the same for you guys too. Like if I hope you're doing the same prep work, whether it's just, you know, watching highlights, obviously combine that with data if you can. Um, but like, you know, like actually challenge yourself to learn something different. Like he's like Blake Horm is so fucking small. There's not a big track record of guys who are that small and not shifty having success in the NFL. So like, if you're just doing that, like you're not only wasting my time, you're not only wasting, like you're only, you're being an asshole in a chat where you don't know anything and you're coming off like an idiot, but also like you're costing yourself money. So like you're hurting everybody in the process, including yourself. And that's the thing that I like, I just have no tolerance for man. <laughs> Go ahead, Drake. Look, I, I'm okay drafting Blake Corum, but you shouldn't be coming in here. Like just not knowing what a running back position is. Like you have to be 200 pounds. You have to be shifty. Like if you're not going to be 200 pounds, you have to be shifty. Like that's it. And getting fed the ball aggressively in a good college offense doesn't make you a good player. Simple as that. Is one of the most tried and true things that's now been the case doing these videos for fucking three straight years. And I'm guaranteed it'll be the case again. All right, J.K. Dobbins here, solid pick. Gus Edwards, the pick, the thesis for him would be he goes somewhere in free agency and becomes a touchdown hound somewhere. Um, let's go. J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> uh, Christopher, I'll read your chat in a moment here. So team so far, we need more running backs, need more wide receivers. Actually, we probably don't need more running backs necessarily, but we can get to seven. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Jaden Daniels, Brian Robinson, Chase Brown, Jerome Ford, Khalil Herbert, Braylon Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Wide receiver, A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaurin, JSN, and Quentin Johnson. Definitely need more tight ends to add to Brock Bowers, but who cares? Uh, Roman Wilson, this would be a spot to take him, I guess. Nothing Philadelphia-related, nothing Jaden Daniels-related we want to take at this point. Guess we can make a bet. Hunter Henry might not be back in New England as well. Take Hunter Henry here. Just give me one more solid tight end. 
Anyway, shout out to Christopher here. Christopher, a man who, uh, much like our, our good friend Josh here, who'll never be back on the channel again, Christopher challenged me on things last year that ended up being very correct. I'm sure Christopher got a few right, though, along the way, but I do appreciate the super chat from him. And and I appreciate coming back and admitting that you're now homeless. From that. Sure, not literally homeless. It would be funny, though, if a homeless fan were giving me $20. That really shows <laughs> who needs what. Blake Corum is a gross pick. I'd only take him on charger sacks. I'm okay. Look, to be clear, I'm okay taking Blake Corum. But if you come in here and act like he's like an alpha back, like you're just wrong. Like it's just, it's what it is. Like he doesn't, he's not likely to have great draft capital. And again, let's see what the combine has. Like for all these guys too, for even guys that I love, like combine's going to matter a lot for Marshawn Lloyd, who was tested over a 200 pounds at the senior bowl. But like, is he going to test at 200 at the combine where I, like, you don't know how this how's all going to go. So I think really that's the main thing for any running back. So like, yeah, you want to come back it's, and Blake Corum runs a four, four and he's like over and he's 205 pounds and like, and he's whatever great pass catcher at the combine. Then yeah. Like then you have a more credible case for right now. He's a short guy who missed tackles at the lowest rate in the class at an embarrassingly low rate. Like if you have a 10% avoided tackle rate in college, you're probably talking an under 5% rate in the pros. Like you can't be small and do that. It just shows a lack of football knowledge, but it's okay. Send my last $20 on a super chat over food. I mean, look, I think that's the way to do it. Support your favorite streamers. And then afterwards, you know, just eat whatever's on the floor. <laughs> that's the way it goes. To make it certain, I only took Blake Corum because I'm drafting eight running backs. There <laughs> we go. Shout out to Nolan. Like, I, again, it's fine. It's all part of the portfolio. But like, just don't come in. You, again, you have to like with anything. And I do it for myself. Like, look, I played NBA yesterday. I'm not playing enough NBA DFS right now. And I played too much Kobe White. Played too much uh, Scottie Pippen who hurt his back. And like, I got smoked and it's like, you have to know that your knowledge gap when you're not doing a thing every day, is not going to be as high as somebody's doing it every day. And for whatever it's worth, I'm doing this every day. And I've done the research now for, uh, started a month and a half ago doing my rookie research and all that. So, um, don't come at me with things and, you know, expect to not get challenged about it, but it is what it is. I do it all for you guys. Ultimately, I just want to give correct takes or at least the best informed takes possible. Ronnie Rivers goes at 193. Have not seen that pick made. Uh, don't think that's a good pick for 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 Umdog Thousanda, uh, but it's a pick. I would take Gus Edwards over him. I would take AJ Dillon over him. I would take Miles Sanders over him. Uh, Gus and AJ Dillon, both power backs in a free agent class that always needs power backs. Miles Sanders coming into an ambiguous coaching situation with Dave Canales taking over for the Panthers. Those are guys that you can make a case for. Ronnie Rivers is like a nobody running back who. Uh, got some touches this year because they just had to give somebody touches to not kill Kyron Williams. Uh, don't expect that to happen again. Damian Pierce uh, shot that we do see Singletary not come back and they give Damian Pierce one more go. I think if Singletary didn't go back to Houston, they'd probably add somebody else that they do like because uh, it did not seem like they like Damian Pierce. Um, but, you know, Pierce at 197, still a discount, still a guy who actually avoided tackles unlike Blake Corum. So he's got that going for him. To be fair, Pippen and Kobe White were not bad plays. Took that one also, also with Utah value, along with Utah value. I did not get Utah value. Did not have those guys projected too well. Uh, but it sucked, man. I had a lot of Wemby yesterday. Like I had a lot of like good lineups that just did not have the combo to get there because of playing the chalks at, at point guard. But I had Kobe White projected way too well. Um, I was actually playing with like my data yesterday for NBA because I wanted to kind of wait this season a little bit more. So I did that. And then as a result, ended up really heavy on Kobe White, who did salvage, but just wasn't enough to win anything especially in like a tournament like that one, uh, that, that drafting tournament yesterday where it's like $4 entry fee. So you could easily 150 max if you have any sort of bankroll, but then it's like, you're fucking going. The cash line was brutal. Like it was, it's not a fun tournament to be in uh, and also have a lot of chalk. 
All right, next pick coming up here. See one guy wouldn't mind on the screen, but we'll see what Kuruk does here. Feels like Kuruk probably needs some running backs. He took, who the fuck, took Dylan Johnson? I don't know what Kuruk's doing here. All right, I'm going to take Jonathan Mingo. Uh, do you think Jonathan Mingo a little bit undervalued for, again, new coaching staff coming in Carolina, one that did provide a lot of value to uh, Tampa Bay last year? That said, you know, Mingo has to change his game in this offense. Um, he can't be a low A dot guy that he was at Old Miss that he was this year with Carolina. Uh, but I think that he is still a guy that they have draft capital on him. Um, would hope that they give him one more shot here, even though I don't think he's very good. Um, Yoshivas here, shot that becomes a new T. Higgins. Not a bad pick necessarily. Uh, Noah Brown, free agent, did have some spike weeks, but where is he going to go? Brendan Rice, fun free, uh, fun rookie coming in. Um, I'm going to go Yoshivas. I think this is a good spot to do it. This, this is not for our guy Bindles, but let's say it's for our guy Bindles, who was kind enough to give a splash play membership today. Uh, but here you go, Bindles. We get Yoshivas in here. Team so far uh, with two rounds more to go. Jalen Hurts and Jaden Daniels, uh, Brian Robinson, Chase Brown, Jerome Ford, Khalil Herbert, Braylon Allen, and J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins, Smee, probably the most undervalued player in the draft right now. A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaurin, JSN, Quentin Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, Andre Yoshevis rounds out a wide receiver so far, and a tight end, Brock Bowers and Hunter Henry. We are live for a second or a third tight end. Don't think we're live for a third QB. Think we're live for a seventh running back. And maybe live for a ninth wide receiver, but not a must for me. Not a must. Mingo's draft capital, new coaching staff is too cheap. Yes, you're you're buying the hope that the team coming together makes a little more sense for that. But um, in general, though, like I think Mingo sucks. But uh, you know, like again, the jump from year one to year two, like he's got a lot of things that can go for him. Uh, but we'll see. I think Carolina, to me, again, the best spot for Carolina or for uh, for Brock Bowers right now, I think would be going to Carolina. Uh, it would be him being the wide receiver one there as a tight end. I think would be his possible outcome. And then that would hurt Mingo uh, to some extent. But, you know, whatever. Honestly, yeah, Bryce Young went at 189 here. As I've talked about, I think Bryce Young a little bit undervalued because of the fact that he could have that Baker Mayfield glow up. Um, but I wouldn't hate adding Bryce to this team if he were available because I think this is a shot that it could be a Carolina Panthers, Mingo, and Bowers thing. But whatever. NBA is a lot of work. NBA is a lot of work. I enjoy NBA. It's really, it was tough, man. Like I basically have to ask my wife to cover all of like the childcare duties from like 6.30 to 7. I'm um, so, like, she had to do the bath stuff, which I normally do every night. And then I finished off the story time. But it's just like, it's tough. If you like, if you have a new child and you're trying to not be an absentee parent um, and you're also not like crushing an NBA DFS. Like I crushed a couple of years ago, but I've now not playing regularly enough to know even how good I am as a player currently. Um, I still think it'd be pretty good because my projections were still pretty good. Uh, but like point being, it's like, it's hard to do NBA. Cause like you're then on and you should be late swapping every set of games, like with the stochastic SIM tool, uh, which you can get with a check the link description to say 15%. I won't put the, the promo banner up, but like with that tool, like you could swap every game slate and then update with the ownership projections that are live and keep doing that over and over again. So you're basically then playing DFS from 7 PM or no, from like 6 PM until 10 PM. And that's a lot, man. So I, I love NBA, probably my favorite gambling sport, like NFL. I love the, the knowledge accumulation and then gambling with that. For NBA, I love the gambling part of it because I think it's the most projectable sport. But um, it's just like it's so much time. Hard hard to balance at all. Don't forget tomorrow's Valentine's Day. You got those flowers and cards. I already, I already booked mine long in advance, so I'm good there. But yeah, tough year. East Coast, if you're snowed in and then also, <laughs> and you have to fucking do Valentine's Day shit, not, not the year, not the year.
Lots of snow on the East Coast this year. Ugh. Yeah, woke up, went to bed last night, and it was just raining here outside the Philadelphia area. And I woke up, and it's like fucking blanketed everywhere. So we got screwed on a snow day today. Fourth snow day, fifth snow day of the year. And for daycare, we pay. <laughs> so we get to pay for those days and not get not get the daycare. Great fun. Team number one building an all-star roster of players that won't be on a roster next year. Yeah, Manuel Wilson, he's betting on some Green Bay stuff. This is just a person who was drafting players that were on the roster this past year. And that's another thing too. Again, like knowing what makes for a running back that'll be on an NFL team is an important skill. Knowing guys who won't likely be on the team, the same situation next year is it. And guys like Ronnie rivers, guys like Emmanuel Wilson, guys like Elijah Dotson, even if they do make a roster, they're like replacement level guys. So like sometimes you get on that Ty Chandler, but a lot of times you end up with just a dude who gets cut or ends up moving down the depth chart. A lot of Keyshawn Vaughn's is the best way to put that. All right, we have A.T. Perry here. If we want to do another wide receiver, I think another running back makes the most sense here, but running back is pretty much bled out. Can Jarek McKinnon do it for one more year? Dylan Labe goes behind Kyle Juszczyk, which is kind of crazy. And Ronnie Bell would take a jump upwards, too. I'm going to go Dylan Labe here. I've not gotten a lot of Dylan Labe. Uh, the one thing that he's got going for him, great pass catcher, but was at uh, New Hampshire. So not a college that you're necessarily uh, given a lot of pedigree to for that one. But still an elite pass catcher for the numbers that I do have for him, which is just one game that he went absolutely apeshit uh, that SIS Sports Info Solutions tracked last year. All right, one more pick here. 2782. Do you think this is a wide receiver or a tight end? Hmm. Do you think Dulcich is a little bit undervalued for a guy that we know is a good pass catcher? Dawson Knox is free now. Sinnott go? Ben Sinnott's available. I'm getting a Ben Sinnott share. So I did not get Troy Franklin, but now Troy Franklin was the only thing keeping me from my rookie dream here. Final team, Jalen Hurts and Jaden Daniels. Running back, Brian Robinson, Chase Brown, Jerome Ford, Khalil Herbert, Braylon Allen, J.K. Dobbins, and Dylan Labe, A.J. Brown, Nico Collins, Devontae Smith, Terry McLaurin, J.S.N., Quentin Johnston, Jonathan Mingo, and Andre Yoshevis at wide receiver. And a tight end, Brock Bowers, Hunter Henry, and Ben Sinnott. That is going to be my final team here. So let's get the plugs in, guys. If you're new to underdog, use that promo code SPLASH, double your deposit to 100 bucks. Getting a great site to play on uh, today. No, no egregious snipes either. So uh, safe waters for today alone but go check out underdog of course get a mystery pick them as well if you sign up and are a first time customer but check it out for yourself if you want to go play on stochastic as well again nba data still a great tool to have um the sim tool over there is still a lot of fun even though I, again i got smoked yesterday uh, but i again like you know the risk coming in especially if you do play 80 percent of guys like i do so uh that's how it goes but for stochastic the best tools in the biz save 50 percent with the promo code splash or check the link in the description probably my baby as well uh, if you want to get a guest spot on Splash Play, five stars and a review on probably on the App Store. I'll leave it down in the pinned comments if you want to do that. But join us on Splash Play. And if you're a guest host on the show, uh, you get to yell at me in person instead of just leaving bitchy chats and being a dick. <laughs> so, like some people shall remain nameless. So please uh, feel free to give us five stars or an interview on probably on the App Store. And again, use promo code Splash, double your deposit, or not double your deposit, get 50% off. There's no depositing on probably. <laughs> But winning his bets uh, from top sportsbooks around the world. So check it out for yourself. And our guy, Jason OG Mans fan, continues to hit parlays at a rate I wouldn't even advocate for. But uh, he's been doing it for himself. 
And then lastly here, thank you to all the fine folks here. You'd have to give an update now because I got Bindles gave a membership away and Thomas joined. But thank you for joining the Squirt Squad here to all you fine folks. I appreciate you putting up with me having to berate people sometimes, with me having to complain about weirdos, <laughs> giving me dislikes. But every day you're on stream, you get what my reality is. Today is a snow day and me dealing with maniacs. So that's what you get here. But thank you to all these fine folks that we put on the show every day. Of course, follow us at Splash Play Pod. Follow, the sh- follow me at Chris Spags. Uh, go check out Probably. Do all that. Subscribe before you go hit the like button. And I'll be back tomorrow. For better or worse, I'm going to keep coming back. And we'll we'll make more enemies every day. <laughs> That's the goal here. I'll see you guys then. Enjoy your days. Get your cards and flowers for your Valentine. And uh, good luck if you're snowed in with your child like I am. I'll see you guys soon. Enjoy your days. Bye. <laughs>